So as you're walking by, they're basically advertising for the maintenance. They're talking in Japanese. I was told that they're like pretending to be your servant and your maid and say, hey, master, welcome home. I'll do the dishes for you. Come come to our cafe. And right I'll build that, your model for you. Yeah. I should have said that. Hey, we do a model for me. <laughs> Wink. Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. I like your headband, Fitz. Well, thank you. (laughs) It's a most honorable headband. Ah. Or now follow the Bushido code of modeling. Are you going to introduce the show? Oh, yeah. How do you do? Hey. (laughs) (laughs) We got to restart. No, just kidding. Hello, everybody, my fellow Ronda Yankee scum. Welcome to the RC Roundtable, <laughs> episode something. 183. 183. Yes. And uh, our RC Roundtable live. If you're not listening to this live, you missed it because we are live. Or we're live on YouTube and Facebook. So if you're listening to this and the podcast, head on over to YouTube because we have some show and tell. And if you're listening, watching this on YouTube, not live, hang tight because we got some show tell. <laughs> uh, Lee Ray, there. Here I am. Hello, uh, and Frid Terry Dunn. Hi. Pretty I hello. hope you guys understand and appreciate the risk that I'm taking to be here tonight. Oh. Yeah, so it's yeah, Thursday night. Okay. And tonight is a home game of the oh. Green Bay Packers. Oh, and I live in Green Bay, right? So oh, I mean, well. I would like to be watching the game, but I'm pretty sure the sheriff's going to come and knock on my door pretty soon. Because uh, are you just going to be taken away from us? Maybe if you see me like take a dart to the neck during the show, <laughs> that's that's probably is, what it is. Is that, that a prerequisite for living there? Uh, yes, you eat cheese curds and you cheer on the Packers. Part of your chance. HOA do, do right. must attend. Yeah. So if this was a recorded show, that'd be a little different. That'd have some plausible deniability. But this is live and I, there's no defense here. So whatever happens, happens. It All does. Right. I already see some old friends in the chat. Thanks, guys, for showing up. Yes, thank you. I guess the check cleared. Yep. See, everybody else is watching the Packers game. <laughs> the what game? Oh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fitz, let's talk Doctor Who, shall we? <laughs> All right. <laughs> you see the new uh, trailer for that? I did. I did. I, yeah. I, I got to see it when it comes out, you know? Yeah, I don't have my Trailers out. can be misleading. They most certainly can. They most certainly can. Hey, speaking of watching stuff, I started watching the old Battle of Britain movie today. It's available online. Um, Yeah, so far, so good. A lot of famous people in there. I'd never watched it before. So a lot of famous people in there. Pretty interesting. A lot of, so far, maybe 20 minutes into it, a lot of good flight footage. And I don't know where they got all those HE-111s and Hurricanes and stuff. But, you know, there was an article in Model Aviation a couple couple issues back about the models that they used. Yeah, you've got to get the models, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, so far I'm enjoying it. I feel like I need subtitles sometimes, English to English subtitles. 
but uh, <laughs> I'm catching the gist of most of it. <laughs> we can turn on something. Blimey! Wrong, right? <laughs> well, whatever streaming service is playing it, I looked and I couldn't find any subtitle uh, options. So I'm just making do. So a lot of famous people. The only one I really remember is uh, what's his name from uh, uh, Sound of Music and uh, Christopher, Plummer. Christopher, Christopher Plummer. Christopher right? yeah. Michael Caine's in there. Uh, yeah, and others yeah. that I couldn't name. Just and many faces. more, <laughs> many more. Yes, and people and stuff. Uh, I think the lady was of some note, and of course Adam here comes in with the answers. They were Spanish HE111s and 109s. I knew the 109s were Spanish, but I didn't. I didn't realize the yeah. HE111s were Spanish. What's the special Either they, maybe they did some Hollywood trickery, or they just had a bunch of all of them. So maybe yeah, it was not, still had. I remember a, the a movie fleet. was like. 1970, so the probably 69, still, yeah, yeah, so. 69. So a lot of stuff around, probably at that time. Yeah, and then they just bulldozed it into a heap and thought nothing of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, all yeah. right, all right, I oh. get it, everybody. Wasn't there a story that somebody found a whole bunch of aircraft from the Battle of Britain movie in some guy's uh, hangar or, or barn or something? It was a barn find, yeah, and mm. he had kept them. Because they didn't pay him, so he kept a bunch of the airplanes. Oh, I, I don't know that backstory, but I know that I know that there were people who knew about them, and they're still there, as far as I know. But of course, let's let's wait for our audience to fill us in and uh, give yes. us all the answers. <laughs> and yeah. there we go. It's in yeah. Texas. I mean, just like they found supposedly they found crates of unbuilt Spitfires and oh, yeah. Thailand like and Philippines, or yeah, yeah, something like that. And I, like I don't that, think yeah. that ever actually happened. It was just uh, online shenanigans. But that would yeah. be cool if there actually is a stash of old stuff out there. Barn find. Yeah. There were rumors that uh, I think it was Christopher Nolan was looking at remaking the Battle of Britain movie at some point. <laughs> it was wrong the first time? With CGI? Yeah, it seemed odd that he would choose <laughs> that. More, more explosions. Do, but, yeah, no. I don't remember the Hulk in this movie. <laughs> I think it was Christopher. No, not Christopher Nolan. Um, the guy who did um, Dunkirk. I don't know. I don't know. Famous director that was. Uh, and so, uh, anyways. So, yeah, you're right. It's it's a neat movie. I saw it. I actually saw it on one of my streaming services not too long ago. I was watching it. And it was just neat to, to see. Uh, I like the scene with the Polish pilots pretending not to understand English and attacking the Germans. Uh, see, spoilers. You didn't see that part? No. <laughs> Have you ever Wait, seen the movie? They won? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you haven't? You've never seen the movie? Which movie are you talking about? Battle of Britain. No, I told you this is my first time seeing it. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah, Never mind. There's, there's no Polish pilots in it. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> I did not. How'd you get through the, this long in life and not seen a Battle of Britain movie? I don't know. But here I am. I'm trying to correct things. That is sort of bucket. All right, let's move on then. For those of you in chat, go ahead and give a list of other movies that Terry needs to see. <laughs> yeah, really. So uh, people Le- screaming at their radios and their desktop and listening to the audio file, going, "Oh wait, I'll contact Le- at rcroundtable.com. Mm-hmm. Terry's list. <laughs> there you go. Le- will you put up Shady's comment? Uh, which one, Blindy? Well, there's only one. Yeah, that one right there. Hmm. I'm not sure what to think about that. <laughs> uh, thank you. Think- Except for the <laughs> other guy. 
<laughs> he looks as old as I thought he was. I, I think I think our 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 um, mature wisdom comes across the podcast. Is that what it's it such is? An elevated level that people yeah. think we're older than we really are. Uh, right. That's our right. theory. Our, yeah, that's, that's our theory. I'm sticking with it. Our eight minute yeah. banter time is up. Uh, Let's get on with the show. These people yeah. don't have all day. They got a football game to watch. So what? What, what are we going to talk about? The, well, you, let's, yeah, let's start with you and your fancy headband. That's right. I told you I've adopted the Bushido code, so I fly all my airplanes with much honor and aggressiveness. Right, so tell us what all that means now, and tell it's us about your spirit. your your trip. All right. So I have alluded to in the last podcast, and you guys had mentioned in the previous podcast before the last podcast that I had uh, gone on a little trip across a pond, a really big pond going. What was that? Which direction is that? What, east? West? <laughs> Australia. Yeah. Am I, am I close? What Australia? Hang a right. So yeah, uh, I was in uh, Japan. I was actually there for work, believe it or not. Yeah. But, uh, sure. Wink, yeah. wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, well, fortunately, I was able to take a couple of days here and there off to uh, to go hang out in uh, Tokyo. So we were right out. <laughs> was that Tokyo? Is that how oh, they pronounce no, it? No, there? no, Tokyo. Tokyo. <laughs> yes. All right. So I was in, uh, or they used to call it Edo, as the previous name of the capital. But um, uh, it's funny because I'd actually been to Japan before. But I'd spent about two seconds in Tokyo, enough to jump trains to go somewhere else. And so this is the first time I've actually had a chance to go gallivanting and exploring around the capital city of Japan. Uh, and so uh, I was there on two separate days, one with uh, some coworkers, saw some sites, another one, um, not quite by myself, but with an, uh, an old college friend that was that's living in the area. So I was able to hook up and Look around and see somebody and have my own personal translator. <laughs> were you like a mutant alien when you were walking around Tokyo? No, no. Tokyo's so, um, what do you call it, metropolitan that there's all kinds of people from all over the places there. Not, nobody cares. Uh, now, the last time I was there, I did go out to like in the, the hick countryside where I was a mutant. <laughs> 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 I, I had an incident where a bunch of kids saw me from a distance and they're like, <gasps> And they started speaking to me like in you know real, real crude English, like "hello, hello, Gaijin, sama would mean foreigner." And I waved to them, "Feast Walker." Yeah, and they <laughs> a couple of bicyclists ran up to me and started just just mobbing me with different. I don't know what the hell they were trying to say to me, and I ended up arm wrestling one of them and then just talking to him a little bit, and took a couple of pictures, and they, they scuttled <laughs> off. So uh, I did pretty good for international uh, relations, and that was a long time ago. So those kids are probably all adults now, and. Who knows what you're doing? Uh, but anyways, so you guys, you know, being uh, a, we call it, recovering Japanophile and a... Um, Are you recovering? Uh, uh, not as bad as I used to be. Yeah. Do you dream uh, in Japanese? No. Not <laughs> <laughs> uh, that I know of. No. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, a you know, an incurable hobbyist. But one of the things I wanted to do was kind of look out the hobby scene and, and stuff while I was there. So, in the, on that case, I did have some pictures to show, to share yeah. with you guys. So let me make sure I've got the right thing. Yes, I do. 
All right. I am going to take control. I have control of the screen. Yeah, you think you do. <laughs> uh, I think I do. What, what's... But I have to give you access. Oh, give me access. I think this is the button. You have to hit share and all that. I have jazz. to hit share. Share screen. Uh, I think I it's a window. Oh, crap. Hold on a second. I think, I Every, I think eventually we'll do this like it's not our first time. <laughs> we do That's it a milestone we have not yet reached. Hey, Marcelo. Window. There we go. Okay. We'll be talking about it later. Who was that? You were busy pushing buttons, okay. and I'm talking to people in the chat room. We can do two you, things you at see once. see my screen? I see it. It's theirs. Welcome to Japan. Welcome to Japan. Okay, so. Let's right, do this. Kids, sit back, and I'll tell you a tale of strange things in the <laughs> Far East with the weird foreigner sitting in front of a stand. So, okay, this is when you get into the airport. It says, welcome to Japan, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is for you, Lee. Oh, my gosh. In the taxi going to our location, there was a Volkswagen Beetle in front of us. I don't know what year it is. Uh, I don't even know if it's right. It's 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 post-70. Post-70? Yeah. Yeah. But still, I thought it was neat to see a little old bug. Oh, absolutely. That's good. Could be electric for all you know. Is that a a Tesla in front of it? Tailpit could be fake. It could be fake. But, yeah, I thought that was funny. Uh, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. This is for you, Terry. In the hotel, the Japanese are known for their vending machines, and you got snack machine. Can you see my cursor, by the way? Yes. Okay. So you got potato chips and uh, various soft drinks and beer. These are nice. So you can get your beer in any time you want for a couple bucks and get a can of beer. All right. Uh, Does it card you? Yeah, I was going to ask. Put put face on screen. You see this video? (laughs) I can. This is for me, a little robot. Cleaning the floors in the hotel because Japan robots, you get the gist. Yeah. Uh, I did get around. This is, uh, I believe it's called the Sensoji Temple. Like, I believe it's the oldest temple in Tokyo. And it was just mobbed with people. Uh, did I mention it was kind of hot when I was there, unfortunately? I was like, you did not mention that. Yes. I was like, all right, I get to go somewhere with a nor- more northern climate, uh, get away from the Houston heat. And it's basically they have their own heat wave there as well. So, wonderful. Um, so this was interesting. This is a boat that looks like a spaceship. It does. And I was really happy to see it because I instantly recognized it. Um, give you me back have the camera. one. Uh, un- oh, give uh, you back the camera. Okay, hold give on. Give me back the camera. Because I have a model of it. Oh. I already had the model. This was It just had popped up in one of the Facebook groups I have for Plastic Modeler. Somebody said, hey, I'm selling this model of a boat and i said what the hell is that i've never seen anything like that and so um so i bought it just just because it just looked cool it's called the himiko and i thought is this a real thing or is this just a science fiction thing but no okay you can go back to the uh but no it's a real thing i actually have a video of it pulling out of the out of the, the dock and it's some sort of tour boat that uh, goes up and down the river i forgot the name of the river uh in Tokyo, and it's just such a cool-looking spaceship thing. Is it a one-of-a-kind This boat? spaceship is kind of weird. I think it's one-of-a-kind, <laughs> believe it or not. I do believe it is, but I'm not, don't, don't go to the bank on that. I mean, like, if it had hydroplanes and LEDs and, you know, <laughs> and it transformed into something else, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, or it was a submarine or something. Man, it was just cool too. as heck, and I saw that. I was like, wow. And just by chance. I wasn't looking for it. Just We were just walking near the water looking for a cafe, and, like, I saw that. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, so this is the RC roundtable. So I saw a couple of kids driving some RC cars out in the park. Nice. That was pretty cool. Yeah, there's a little couple little. This was on a Sunday, so you know, no school. They were just kind of hanging around, doing their thing, little RC cars. I thought they went to school every day there. No, just every other, almost every day. I think Sundays they have off, half the day Saturday, and the rest of the day. Huh. There's another one for you, both you guys. Yeah, this was in yeah. Tokyo, and really nice, late 60s Mustang. Uh, I'm going to get punched in the face for this, but I would say 66. Uh, it's probably right, 66, 67, something like that. No, it says 1965 on the bottom. Oh, maybe 65. Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I win. Yeah. <laughs> now, again, this is in Tokyo, downtown Tokyo. It was like, wait, what is this doing here? And it's a left-hand drive, too, so this is definitely an American yeah. import. Uh, I just thought, that's cool. It was beautiful, too. It was really, really snazzy. Hmm. So it's really surprising some of the things you'll see. Are the streets uh, and parking spots designed for smaller cars? Most of the cars are small there. Okay. So it's funny because I have a RAV4, and here it's considered kind of what, medium size maybe? Yeah. Medium to smaller size. There, it's actually kind of large. Right. Most of the cars are small and boxy. Hmm. Uh, and I think there's a stop or something. Anyways, so uh, I did see a RAV4 or two there, but most of the cars were actually quite a bit smaller and more boxy. That's a, a Suburban will look way out of place. Yes. You, you probably <laughs> wouldn't have a place to park it. Uh, so this is um, this is called the Shibuya Scramble. This is a very famous crosswalk. It's a five-way, if I remember correctly, crosswalk that uh, every few minutes all the uh, vehicle traffic stops and everybody crosses at once. It's like thousands of people or so cross at once. It's very, very famous. You can see a lot of aero shots of it. This is not an aero shot, so it's kind of hard to see. But this is a very famous. I was kind of curious about seeing it. In that area was you can rent these little go-karts. Oh. And drive around the city. So imagine driving around New York City on a, in a go-kart, and that's basically what you have. That seems dangerous. It, it does. It's like, uh, okay. But I imagine you can't go fast enough to do anything. But And I think there's a guide or maybe on a bike or something that guides you around. But you can play your own Mario Kart around. I was going to say, it looks like they're wearing costumes pretending. It does, doesn't it? Because I was like, what yeah. is this guy here? This guy. So maybe they are wearing some sort of costumes or something you can rent. Uh, I just thought that was pretty cool. I kind of see something on TV like that, and I wasn't sure it was a real thing, but indeed it was. They were just waiting for the light to change. BYOB, bring your own bananas. Uh, yes. Kek, kek, kek. Uh, Hachiko is a very famous statue of a dog that waited for its owner after it had died. After the owner had died for several years, if I correctly, the story goes. Um, and this would have made a statue to the dog after it passed away some many years ago. Uh, even the um, Futurama did a a play on this so it's that's the saddest statue ever yeah it's real sad they dressed it up for some special event but normally yeah just a dog waiting for his master master had died and it just kept thanks coming back Fitz. no i'm sad uh, <laughs> well this will make you happy Ooh, you can get a shrimp tartar whopper at burger king so raw shrimp on your hamburger uh, no it's cooked okay tartars uh those so yeah so uh, I always want, I always like eating at McDonald's and stuff at foreign countries, and Japan's no different. It's got just weird stuff. Uh, I was visiting uh, for work at, at the Japanese version of NASA. It's called JAXA. You can see JAXA up there. Japanese uh, uh, Exploration Agency, something like that. 
Uh, something like that. Something like that. I forgot what the A is. Japanese exploration? Japanese something, something. Uh, it's a neat place. Uh, especially Terry, I appreciate it. It's basically a scaled-down JSC. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of their... <laughs> one building. No, no. They, 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 <laughs> one building, actually, one rocket. Had, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, one rocket, but they actually had a bunch of buildings and stuff. It was actually a pretty neat, pretty nice place. Uh, and so there's a space here for... for even tourists to come up and take pictures in front of the thing. We saw some tourists spelling things out. In a hotel, Japanese TV is different. And I just leave it at that. And I was watching this. It's like, what the, is this cousin? It's Japanese cousin? <laughs> what, what's going on here? This is some sort of singing group or something. And I just thought it was funny. We got this girl just, I, I don't know, just emo. Question mark? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So a couple of things are going on here. This is a cat cafe. So you can pay some money and go inside and play with the little kitties. You see this little oh, right there? Yeah, and there was in the States. Um, and there was a guy sitting there reading a book with the cats. And so, and they have actually other animals, too. There's other places that have weird animals and stuff you can play with. Uh, but there's two things about this. A, a cat cafe, because I had never seen a cat cafe. But down here, you have these little, um, uh, they call it gachapons or gacha gacha. Uh, for like if you're a little kid well, and these are basic machines they're basically gumball machines but they don't dispense candy they dispense little, cats well <laughs> i like that scenario yes uh just rc just, parts you can find little <laughs> trinkets and little doraemon and, and well, we have those cartoon. here in america well yeah but it's in japan they're like turned up to 11 <laughs> they have everything give me back the camera okay when you go back to like kyosho and they have these in front of the building <laughs> yeah, and you, and you can go get your parts by just driving up and you know picking your model number and and dispensing a control horn. Then so we're I talking. Up, I picked up a, a oh, couple. I'm sorry, you need solo again. Excuse you me. Solo for a second. So here's one I picked up. Sorry, it was a little bright. Um, this was I think it's a, a Pokemon thing in it. But what's cool is I picked up this in one of them. This is a, a Japanese uh, T2 trainer. It's kind of deformed, and it comes like, like a little mini kit. So you had to. Put the put the wings on. You know, it comes disassembled, so you uh, snap on the wings and the tail and stuff. And it was pretty neat. And they're all over the place. At one point, we went to a store, and it all it was was those machines. Nothing. There's no there's no staff. It was just a, a change machine and about a hundred of those gumball machines. Uh, and so, uh, and you can get all kinds of neat stuff. And and some of them are actually collectors' items. I'm told. I found out apparently. You can some of the things that are get commanded pretty high in the used market and whatnot. So, huh. and they're in the train stations and all over the place. So, anyways, so one of the first things I wanted to try to find was hobby stores, and so I ended up in the in the area of Tokyo called uh, Akihabara. It is known for uh, anime shops and and uh, cafes and all kinds of stuff, but also a whole quite a bit of hobby stores. Now, spoilers. This is Tokyo, so we're not going to see much for radio control stuff because you know nobody near is going to be able to use it for the most part. Uh, but there's a lot if you're into plastic models and figures and that kind of stuff. There is a lot of really good stores with a lot of neat stuff in there. Uh, this one, like what it fits, I'll show you. <laughs> so here's a, a, just a wide shot of just just building supplies, sandpaper, paint, all kind of stuff. Um, it's going to kill me. I forgot the name. Um, of the store, uh, but this store was actually owned by some guys that came to the IPMS show about a month mm-hmm. ago, 
in uh, New Bronzeville. Oh, and wow. I asked him, said, hey, I'm going to Japan. Uh, you got any recommendations of hobby store? And he goes, well, come by our store. We've got like seven floors. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yes, they built up. This this place literally had seven floors of stuff. Uh, different things on different floors. Not all of it was models, but they had a lot of stuff. And this so company, listen, what, what they don't realize, what Fitz doesn't realize is while he was there, they took a picture of him. And now there's a cart, a cut up. Yeah, cardboard cut out of fits at the entrance. Like I shop here. I shop here. Yeah. <laughs> um, this company is called Zuki Mori, uh, and they're actually very well known for building very, very highly detailed model kits. Uh, and they had a bunch. Uh, in fact, I have one here. This is one oh, of their kits. Solo again. Uh, yeah, give me give me rocket number nine. Super so wing. The, I got the shin in one thirty second scale. You can build it with all the bits. Uh, shown from internals. It's really, really nice model kit, and, and that's the company. And so we, uh, I stopped by their shop, some stuff. Let me go back. Let's see what else I have. Oh, so I talked about the cat cafe. They also have made cafes. Is a big thing. You probably heard about this. So all around the area, they had these girls dressed up in these really ornate maid uniforms, advertising for the maid cafes. And that's a cold. maid outfit. It's well. It's, that would not have been my first guess. But. <laughs> it's a is that the word they use? <laughs> it's kind of a Lolita made thing. I, whatever. It's you know because Japan. And <laughs> Japan. fair enough. And, and so it's, they have these little pamphlets. I don't know if you can see the little leaflets. And uh, it's, can you see? Yeah. And so as you're walking by, they're basically advertising for the main. They're talking in Japanese. And I was told that they're like pretending to be your servant and your maid and say, Hey master, welcome home. I'll do the dishes for you. Come, come to our cafe and right I'll build that, your model for you. Yeah. I should have said that. <laughs> hey, we do my model for me. Wink. In fact, in the corner, here's an advertiser for one of them. This is another, this is a maid cafe. Uh, and it's actually, uh, this one says a, a maid casino as well. So they're basically just themed restaurants and stuff. You go in, they're all dressed up in these frilly things. You order food, and they, they may talk to you funny. Uh, and I thought that was just, I had heard about this, but it was funny to actually see it in person. Where's the model builder cafe? That's probably the yeah. worst, saddest cafe. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, that's a good idea. Maybe. All right. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure it's in a basement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there was a there's a store that I had actually bought from. They do mail order and um, oh, I forgot the name. Uh, I'm so terrible with names. Uh, but basically, they sell used models and stuff. And they, a lot of times, they have rare stuff. And so I, I popped into one of theirs. Here's some old Transformer toys. If you're an '80s kid like I am, this was neat to see some of these probably fairly unusual, rare and unusual Transformer toys that you can get in there. When you um, say used models, there's a do you mean Use stuff models, yeah. that's been built or just kits? Sorry. Um, kits that have been resold and unbuilt. Uh, okay. But somebody bought them, probably they you know, stayed in the closet forever and then somebody resold them. Kind of think. Um, like Fitz, almost, he buys boxes of models, he steals the stickers, he scans them, he puts them strategically back in the box. <laughs> hey, yeah, I use them for my RC models. Uh, I thought this was neat. This is an old Voltron toy. Voltron. You remember Voltron, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Right, Voltron. But it was pretty pricey. This is about, I think, six, seven hundred bucks for this. Oh gosh. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> but it has all the pieces. But it got all the pieces, all the lines, and they form into the Voltron. And I, I imagine it's circa nineteen eighties ish. Isn't uh, there supposed I, to be a sword? I don't see the sword. Uh, it's probably it's somewhere. Probably I, I don't know. I just thought that was pretty cool. Um, 
uh, in trains. I, uh, there's quite a few train hobby stores, and N-Scale is big over there. Most of the stuff I saw was N-Scale, and I actually got some myself. And a lot of trains come in these little booklet things for a whole set, and it was just really neat to to see um, some some of the uh, how they display. And one place had one floor was new trains, and the next floor was used trains, and people are screwing around looking for uh, for their whatever car they want. I was actually looking for a particular train that I rode on, and the guy said, well, this one's kind of new. It's all sold out. And I was like, oh, dang it. Uh, poking around on the Google Maps, they said this this hoppy store called Tom Tom was was really highly um, rated. So I said, okay, and it was just a couple blocks away. I said, well, okay, I'm gonna pop in, and that was a neat thing. In this whole area, most of the stuff was pretty easy walking distance. You walked one, walked another, walked another, and it was like a, a few ones I just happened to come across that weren't even on the on the map. So your hotel and, was in the city. No, my hotel was actually about 30 miles north, hmm. but there was a train station right behind the hotel. So I just jumped on the train ah. and it basically took me directly to the train station in uh, 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 Akirbara right there. Okay. And right as soon as you pop out of the train, you just walk a block or two and there's all the hobby stores and stuff. So cool. really, really convenient. Train service is really pretty neat. So this is the Tom Tom Hobby Store. Um, uh, just they have a bunch of plastic models, accessories. This was, I think, two or three floors of stuff where you can buy a scale model of a Denny's ice cream sundae. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, RC models, RC cars. Some oh, that's stuff. the new Tamiya. Yeah, I understand this is a new BBX. This is a, one of the very new models. Mm-hmm. And I guess a new version of the Fox. Hmm. Did you know okay. about that? I didn't know there's mm. something called a normal Fox. And obviously, it's the Fox, but it must have tweaked some things on it. So well, that's pretty cool. You got some of the Tamiya cars. I have one of the newer Tamiya cars. I think one of these, yeah, TTO2 chassis. That's not too bad. Uh, so there was some RC stuff, but unfortunately, so no planes. So in Japan, buying and owning a gun is almost impossible. Nothing is not impossible, but it's really, really difficult. Yet you can buy some of the most realistic replicas. These airsoft. are not real. They're huge these, into airsoft. Yeah, they're huge into that stuff. And this was one floor I just poked my head in. I was like, oh, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> Don't bring wow. this to America. You get shot instantly. But uh, <laughs> over there, yeah, hey, have fun. Oh, all right. Uh, and, of course, being a big Gundam fan, I had to see the Gundam statue. And this is basically a life-size Gundam mecha. If you're not familiar with the Gundam, it's a really, really huge over there. It's basically a giant not quite a it's robot but there's actually a pilot inside a pilot they're sort of they're armored battle suits and uh the series has been running for 40 years you know all kind of incarnations and this is very very famous a lot of people were taking pictures and this is from one of the newer s- series animated series and so i had to see it couldn't go there and not see it what was neat is in, it's right in front of a mall and inside the mall is a huge store that specializes in the gundam models and there is just this huge plate just full of uh, models and display cases filled with every model they've ever made ever. And there's thousands of these things. And they go back, like I said, 40 years. It's interesting to see how they started really pretty primitive. And now they're really high-tech pieces of, uh, uh, of, of model building excellence. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> the story behind this terrible picture 
So um, when I came back, it was pretty late at night. And, you know, the Japanese trains get pretty clouded. And so I just thought it was funny. I was kind of relaxing, kind of nodding off myself. And this this girl right next to me passed out on my shoulder. <laughs> on my shoulder for a good 10 minutes. And then she jumps up with the next stop thinking it was her stop and she realized it wasn't her stop and she, she just sat back down and kind of just passed out again and so i just took this picture about 30 seconds before this she was sleeping on my shoulder and i figured i'm gonna get a shot is she's passed out again uh, so uh so i guess i'm not that scary because you know she was sleeping on my shoulder uh one of the last pictures and i was in a grocery store and there was this model train running around i thought it was kind of neat in the, in the kids section uh so i noticed that there's some of my loot i got I, uh, I saved some space in my briefcase, suitcase, that is. So I picked up an old, uh, if you remember the Robotech series from the 80s, uh, this is a newer kit that just came out. And it's pretty expensive here in the stateside, but it was, our, the uh, exchange rate's really good, so a lot of stuff is kind of cheap. So I bought one of these, added to my collection, a couple of oddballs. I won't explain what they are, but they're, I, I had never seen them before here, so I picked them up, and they were a good price, and I'm happy puppy. So I, I, give, I guess it gives you... Yeah, not at all creepy. <laughs> so that gives you an idea of what it's like running around Japan. I, of course, took a lot more pictures, but I don't want to bore you with everything. But it was a really cool event. I do get some – I have some other show and tell real quick right here. Well, hold on. Stuff. On the stuff you bought, was the Shinden one of them? No, I already had that. Oh, okay. I actually had bought it here. I didn't realize – bought it before I realized it was going over there. Um, so I would have bought it over there if I had if I had. Yeah. Um, but um, – so for the uh, stuff you did buy, did you have to pay tariffs or no, customs I didn't. charges? In fact, if you show your passport, some places would give you a break on the taxes. Yeah, I would. From what I remember, shopping in Europe, if I forget how it worked, but if it was being taken back to the states, you didn't have to pay whatever the VAT charge, whatever it was they called it. So yeah, yeah, the value added tax. Uh, yeah. So yes, and there were some things I think you could fill out on the form about it. But uh, in fact, the shop, one of the shops I showed it, asked specifically, they had this little sign that said, hey, we got your, your visa or passport. Visa. Passport. I always forget which one's passport. Right. But visa is to let you work. Yeah. Okay. The passport. That's right. You're right. Thank you. Uh, then, they, yeah, then they would give you a discount, that kind of stuff. So that was pretty neat. Um, so I, I took back also some other random souvenirs. Um, I got a hobby magazine. This is a model building, plastic model building called Hobby Japan. Real famous. Um, but uh, it's kind of heavy, so they're usually not all that cheap here. But I thought, well, that's pretty cool. I was in a convenience store, and I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. This is a magazine, I don't know if you can really see it, about for fans of commercial aircraft. And so, you, you know, you open it up, and they've got different aircraft and different livery for airliners and stuff oh. like that, and spots to go. I imagine, I presume to go to see them, things like that. Here's an old YS-11 airliner so both new and old i thought well, this is just this interesting to see uh some of the <laughs> they talk about old airports and airport terminals i don't know if you can see that very well yeah yeah um, there's people who follow trains around the same kind of way i don't get it but that's fine it's the nerd yeah. version of teen nerd thing there's <laughs> <laughs> a guy who's got a super sexy voice if you want to see him Okay. I thought that was you, Fitz. Well, me, yeah. Um, speaking of me, I've got the. Can you see this? All right, I'm sorry. Light. Uh, light is terribly light. bright. It's some angles. Yeah. Turn off the light. Maybe this helps. Uh, it looks like it's <laughs> it just fits. goes black. 
<laughs> it's a candy that says fits on it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Japanese like their weird food, and so I, I couldn't <clears> help but come back with some, some, some goodies to munch on. It's like a packet yeah. that has eight packets, and you have to put them together in a specific yeah. order. <laughs> uh, strawberry shortcake Kit Kats. Okay, that doesn't sound horrible. The box yeah, is weird, they're, though. They're okay. Uh, they love curry, so I got some cheese curry. I, I thought mm. it was funny because cheese curry. I never heard of cheese curry, so I want to grab it. Instant curry stuff. Yeah. Green tea and um, I think it's milk tea, is it? Uh, yeah, milk <laughs> I tea. Think- I think the thing should be the game we should play is just show it on the screen and we all guess what is it? What is it? <laughs> is it liquid? Is it solid? Yes, I mean, guess what it is? I told you what flavor it is. It's what a is? tea, huh? They have no idea. It looks brown. Brown candy. tea. It's candy. It's candy. It's candy. I was going to say gravy. Oh. <laughs> tea flavored candy. Gravy flavored candy. That's even, I like that one. <laughs> all right. Guess what this is? Then. Oh my gosh! There he goes. Okay. Oh goodness. Is it seaweed. Is it seaweed. Yes. Seaweed crackers? Hey, seaweed I'm good at this game. game. Seaweed chips? Seaweed flavored <laughs> potato chips. Yeah. All right. Sorry for those of you watching and a little behind because <laughs> we're nailing them. But anyways, uh, no, no, that's enough for now. Um, so I really What'd you get us? Our... What'd you get us? What's our gift? Show us. Show us our toys. I didn't get you anything. Oh. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> we can have some of the candy. If I uh, was in Japan... <laughs> I'd get a Gundam for you. <laughs> that big one. <laughs> you guys are not Gundam fans. You're not plastic model fans. But I know you, know. you are. And yeah. hey, you know what? Let's just remind the listeners what I got you last Christmas. What's that? I thought about you. You better have it in your room somewhere. I bought you a canine art piece. Oh, yeah. It's in, it's downstairs in my office. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I think about you. I, would, mm-hmm. I guess I'd give credit to Austin. He was one. I think Fitz would like this. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I wasn't sure really what... There wasn't any, yeah, I didn't think there was anything you guys would have liked. I didn't see airplane stuff there. What's the deal with them on model airplanes? Well, there were some plastic models. I mean, I went into one of the shops. I, I just, I think I just didn't copy the picture over. And there was a whole bunch of plastic models. The Zuki Mori folks had some really nice F4 Phantom models that are, they just right. came out. But I'm talking RC. Yeah, did no, you try to look up clubs or anything? I did. Well, I tried to look up hobby stores. It was like nothing anywhere near the hotel. Um, where I was, you needed a car to get anywhere. And I didn't have a car, and, and I was worried about if I tried calling a taxi. My, and I didn't have a whole lot of free time either. I thought, well, maybe I have some time after work. No. <laughs> um, and there was one shop kind of near where we were in the Akira area, but I was I just have time to get over to it because it was out of the way. It wasn't near anything else. It looked like it might have had RC stuff because I really did want to find some RC stuff. But like I said, I think it just in the Tokyo area, there's probably not a whole lot of places to fly. Uh, until you get out, and then this wasn't convenient. So I'm sorry, folks. I know this is the RC roundtable. Uh, not today. Yeah, I was going to say. You saw some RC is. But there are a lot of hobby shops. I know a lot of our audience do like plastic models and trains and that kind of stuff. So if, if you're willing to do not RC stuff for models, there's some really neat things to, to look around. Uh, but uh, hopefully, you know, if I go next time, I'll try to really look for some RC stuff if I have the time. Yeah. So did you have any trouble communicating over there? No, it's a, it's a two things, especially in the Tokyo area. A lot of them speak English or, or passable amount of English. And um, I have a working knowledge of Japanese. Uh, so between the two, there was a time um, 
where I had to lean on my Japanese because I was looking for something in the train station and the guys, the guy working there didn't really speak any English. So I had to, uh, uh, you know, do what I can. And it, and it came in handy for reading a few, few things, but you can go there. All the train station uh, signs are in English. Lots of stuff is in English. A lot of times you can order, you can get English menus. There was a one funny thing, though. We went into a restaurant, and um, the girl starts talking to us in Japanese. And I was with my coworkers. I was like, well, I'm going to try something because, you know, it's probably going to be a sludge to try to do this all in Japanese. So I asked her in Japanese, hey, do you speak English? And she goes, oh, yeah, I speak English. <laughs> Why did you, you see a bunch of foreigners here. Why did you do that in the first place? <laughs> and she spoke great English. It wasn't like a real broken, you know, horror. It was pretty good, natural, fairly good English. And it's like, oh. <laughs> is it okay then? She didn't want but, to assume. Yeah, you know, I guess not. It's not but I thought it was just funny. <laughs> All right. So say this for me in Japanese. Where is the maid cafe? <laughs> uh, maid cafe. Uh, Maido cafe. Okay. Maido cafe. Wa yeah. All right. Uh, uh, so, that's good uh, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it comes in handy, right? You know, kind of <laughs> it could. We're really used. <laughs> All right, well, I'm glad you had fun. How long were you there overall? I was there oh, eight, nine days, ten days, oh, wow. maybe, roughly. Okay. Nine, Just nine long days. enough to get used to it before you go back to the other side of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just long enough. Walked a lot. Um, it was funny when I got back. I had to attend some um, telecons that were also at odd times because we were doing some work with the Europeans, and so I didn't get off a jet lag for like a couple of weeks because. I was getting up at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> so, so uh, when you had meals over there, were the portions tiny? No, not not necessarily. So they were smaller, definitely, but not terrible. But yeah, you, you definitely deal with smaller portions. I actually had a picture of one of the meals. I, I didn't take it. I took it out. But uh, now Japanese food is really good. Uh, I, we 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 kind of what explain that. What do you mean it's really good? It's Why is it really better than barbecue? Texas barbecue is <laughs> good too. But, I, I, yeah, but Japanese food is really good. They have some really neat stuff, and they have um, a lot of variety of things. And uh, it's just it's different. But uh, we we went to one place. It was the uh, not the yakitori um, uh, yakiniku, where you cook your meat over a little grill pot thing, and they have these really really nice cuts of meat. And you, it's kind of you cook it yourself, almost like a not a hibachi, Ooh. kind of a little hibachi kind of thing, but uh, but the meat was really, really good. You cook it to your liking, <laughs> rare, you well done. Okay. Uh, and just lots of odd, you know, you have the noodles and the soups and chicken and sushi and what, uh, all okay. kinds of tempura. It's good. It was just really good. Um, the, uh, the, bre- the hotel had a really nice breakfast buffet and they had a mixture of sort of Westernish dishes and Japanese dishes, and they would swap things out. And it was just really, it was neat. They had a rice machine. You walk up, you press a button, and a little clump of rice comes out of it. <laughs> no biscuits and gravy, I guess. I was going to no. say, do they have? Do they gravy. have chicken fried chicken? <laughs> they had fried chicken. They had some pretty good fried chicken, actually. Hmm. Uh, and, and and of course, it's usually some weird variation. Like they had, like for example, the hotel had an omelet, but the omelet had these. 
uh, something called natto, which is fermented soybeans mixed in with it. So hmm. it was a very weird Japanese mix of omelet and get egg. drunk on omelets. Uh, no, you didn't get drunk, but it's an acquired taste. I, I would think so. Yeah. Uh, right. But they also had bacon and, and sausage and, and uh, tea. Uh, it was neat. In, in the cafeteria at JAXA, they had a tea machine. When you buy a meal, it comes with a comes with a drink, and you just go up and you get hot tea or cold tea, and it's green tea and some other type of tea, which is kind of neat. Hey, so anyways, uh, it's an experience. It's you know, it's very different there, but everybody's really friendly, very very service oriented country. So everybody's uh, I always have a good time there. You know, no no bad experiences. Uh, and like I said, a lot, a lot of them, when you're in Tokyo area, a lot of them speak English. So if you ever want to go over a vacation, it's a great place to go. All right, cool. Well, thanks for that report. No problem. That's all I have to say. I don't think I missed anything else. No, 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 no. Oh, my little train. Get a little end scale train with Japanese writing on it. Oh, the camera's washing it out. Sorry. Get your high beams on. <laughs> yeah. So. And the Japanese like their hobbies, so it's neat as a hobbyist to go there because you see a lot. It's not just giant robots. They have they really have some nice stuff there. <laughs> it's it's not just giant robots. <laughs> no, no, giant robots. That should be know. their their tourism loco. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, not just, just giant robots. robots. <laughs> or who was it said? To, uh, hold on, let me put it up here. Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> So it's funny you mention that. On TV, they were advertising the next Godzilla movie, just like Godzilla 2.0 or something like that. Hmm. So there's a new Godzilla movie coming out. Nice. I saw it on TV and advertising. Oh, I should mention a couple of things. I got the full Japanese experience. I got to feel an earthquake and a typhoon. Or, oh. Uh, uh, it wasn't very strong. A cyclone tropical, there, tropical, yeah. tropical storm. But, yeah, we were worried yeah. that we'd get blowing out but it, it got really weak by the time it got to us and it was a very mild earthquake too when we were there well that's what you want so yeah i got the full sure it wasn't just the excitement of going to that model shop <laughs> <laughs> rock my world <laughs> you haven't been to a hobby shop but you've been one of seven stories tall <laughs> right. we started at the top floor just kept going down 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 you know one would have figures next one would have uh cards playing cards you know those like uh you know, like match to gathering type cars. The next one would have model airplanes. The next one would have cars. The next one would have, you know, going on. It was just really interesting. Who knows, Fitz? There could have been some Facebook Marketplace basement specials. Uh, could have been. Like I said, some of the stuff were quote unquote used, but uh, I wish I had more time. I was kind of running around really quick. And, that, and so I wish I had, you know, had more time to go really hang around and really go dig deep. But, anyways. <laughs> All right. You guys ready to switch gears and talk about Bomber Field? Actually, I <clears throat> I do, but I have some breaking news to share. What was that? If you attune to your screen, boys. Oh, there we go. <clears throat> this just came in my inbox. Highly. <clears throat> hey, all right. Bomber Field has been updated. <clears throat> Additional so, information required. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not approved. It's just media yeah. information. Yeah. And then guess what? The government shutdowns probably this weekend. So uh, you yeah. think they're going to process this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But also, does the FAA go away if the government shuts down? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, we got. I had a meeting with some, and they said, "Yeah, we're packing our offices. We're not expecting to come back." <laughs> I was like, "Great." Well, so, yeah. right. And other uh, breaking news: uh, the Packers are currently losing to the Lions fourteen to three. So I'm paying attention to the game, <clears throat> doing my Wisconsinite duty. All right, so let's talk about Bomber Field. All right. It happened. It was there. It was fun. Yay. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Good story, bro. Fitz and I went. Yes, we did. Oh, so for those of you who are not familiar with Bomber Field, I don't think that's many of you, but uh, great place. I do have a blog on the AMA website. You can go to modelaircraft.org and go to uh, media and AMA blogs and Read it for yourself. It's a little short and sweet uh, memo of the event. It lists uh, people who won trophies and how many people attended. But, of course, what most people want to see are the photos. So there's a gallery at the bottom. I encourage you to click on all the Flickr photos and enjoy it. Uh, Fitz took lots of videos, so I'm hoping that he'll release something soon. Everybody pick on Fitz right now. Yeah, I was, I was working on editing it today, so it's in the works. Okay. And so anyway, so this is a, just a couple of photos I'd like to share with everyone and feel free to interject. But that's the flyer and that's the entrance to Bomber Field. Land owned uh, by the late B.B. Weber. And it was his passion for, you know, a warbird, I guess, type of location. And it's a lot of fun. And uh, these stands are very old, but they still hold a great crowd of people. And so right now, I think this was the fr Friday pick. So it was much more crowded on Saturday. It typically is. And uh, we have a great group of group of guys from Texas Warbird Thunder. I'm a proud member of the group. So we wanted to do a quick photo. And Marcel, I don't know if you're still here, but there's my, you can't, I can't use my pointer here, but Marcel is in that photo. Chris Dunn, a lot of great guys. Uh, again, put on didn't, a great show for everybody. Didn't they have a new member they anointed at the event? Oh, well, the gentleman sitting right next to me, Ryan Lockhart, I believe, was new because that, he mm. came back for another year. There's another one. There's a kid who's younger. Oh, is it the gentleman on the far right? I don't know uh, his name. The kid in the green shirt, the light no, green shirt. Oh, he had kind of big curly hair. Sorry. Oh, uh, I don't remember. No, there was another kid. I forgot his name, but yeah. And then there's this ah, kid. The pizza. Yeah, that's his pizza. That's pizza the one he ordered. Yeah, you get your own. <laughs> Mine. Mine's is his. How big uh, is that thing? Uh, what was it? Eight, eight foot feet? diameter? I think it's eight foot. Yeah. Yeah, eight foot. Wow. Yeah. Good. That's cool. So yeah. a shout out to Tomas with Legend Hobby. He uh, sponsored a lot of these stuff. Had some giveaways there. That big B-17 that yeah. Randy won. That's pretty cool. Uh, this is Ryan Lockhart's B-17. He won for a second year in a row for the coveted mm -hmm. B-17 trophy. It's all metal tape. And if you want, guys, go to our YouTube channel. I'm not sure. I think it may have been the AMA YouTube channel, Fitz, when you interviewed Ryan with Chris Wolf. Oh, that's right. Yeah, last year. Yeah. yeah. So go to the uh, AMA's YouTube channel and look for last year. And uh, when Fitz did a walkthrough with uh, Chris Wolf, you guys can hear all about the, the aircraft. And Mike Leibel's B-24. And now this, uh, help me out. Who was the other gentleman who helped build a B-24? Herman Burton. Herman. Yeah. I think this was Herman's P-47 that Mike got after he passed away. So he flew that in Herman's honor. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. What's the story on this, Fitz? This guy knows you. Yeah, this is, uh, I guess, Dave. Uh, 
Um, it's a, a Judy. Judy. Yeah, okay. I think it's D4Y, I think is the designation. Yeah, him and I, um, he lives, he actually lives fairly close to me. And, um, uh, um, sorry, I was looking up something. Uh, anyways, so yeah, he's got, this is a, I'm trying to remember the story you told me about it. Um, it's a Japanese uh, plane. It's a Japanese, no. For our listeners. So, two <laughs> things. One, this is one of the very few inline engine Japanese combat planes. Oh. Tony being the other, and there's, I think, a seaplane that was one. And so this was, a, I think, a mid to late war um, uh, torpedo bomber, uh, Navy bomber, that um, you, you don't see models of this. This was, he told me, if I remember correctly, this was scratch built. It's actually quite old. I think it's at least 20 or something years old that he had picked up, used, and had kind of restored. And he, fl- he flies it. He flies it a lot. He, uh, he ultimately said he had some landing gear issues because I wanted to fly with him with my Val, but uh, he said he had to, after a flight or two, he had to, to, to ground it to do some work on it. Uh, well, he but, he yeah. mentioned you called dibs on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I told him. Yeah, if he ever doesn't want any more, let me know. He's got my number. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's super cool. Yeah. So uh, Greg Yancey, one of the uh, co-founders of Texas Warbird Thunder Team, he always flies like a bat out of hell with his P-51. P forty seven. Vince, I couldn't hear you talking with the gentleman because it was so loud. So you guys had microphones. Do you remember if you can give us some uh, some sure information on this? I don't remember his name. I am so sorry. Um, there's a video out there. Right? There's a video out there where we talk about it. And he gives his name. So this is a Buccaneer. Uh, this is a uh, British Navy attack plane. It had its last bout of glory in Gulf War One. They were used quite heavily and then retired shortly after. And again, this is something you don't see. This is a complete scratch built. And it was huge. It's a very big model. I think he said he had a twin 100s uh, size turbines in it. This is number three because the first two crashed quite soon <laughs> after they flew. He said it's a very quirky plane. The, the flaps really discombobulates it. And so he had to really tweak the tail. It's a full flying tail with elevator trim. So it's a really... It's a lot of engineering went into this model. It's got a working air brake. He made his own molds for all the fiberglass that's molded into the body. It, it disassembles in, in sections. Really, really well engineered, uh, which is no surprise. The guy is an aircraft engineer that, that works at Lockheed. And uh, really neat guy to talk to. We did an interview with him. Yes, uh, Paul, Paul Bloxham was his name. There you go. Paul, yes. It's funny thing is, small world, he flies Ooh. at my old club, at the Thunderbird Club in Fort Worth. Oh, cool. Uh, so he came down with this and he flew quite often too. He wasn't a hangar queen. He flew around. Quite oh, a he bit. did. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, uh, he told me that the air brake actually really helps in landing it. You can really, with the air brake deploy, it helps control the speed and you can land with the throttle. It, it took, it took quite a bit of, um, mixing to get the flaps and the elevator trims right. And so, so now he said it actually flies really quite well. Uh, so fantastic model. And you'll see some video of it in my video as well. Awesome. Yeah, there's a reason you don't see many models of that because there's not a straight line on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's very curvy. Fuselage cross section. It's it's not just curvy. It, it's irregular. I don't know how you would capture that accurately, but he seemed to do a good it job. It is an odd looking aircraft, but you know, yeah. as soon as I saw it, I recognized it. Oh, that's a Buccaneer. <laughs> yeah. Well, just but just so unless you already knew this, Fitz, he won Best Jet. Oh, did he? Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. 
he, he deserved it. Good for him. It was very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And he flew it like. And I think that's something we are. We were asked on AMA when I was at the show and people were leaving comments because I was doing some live feed. You know, someone had asked, "How is the how are the trophies voted on? How how, how does the V seventeen win?" And I talked to a couple of the judges and they did say, you know, besides just scale, look, and quality of build, but we want to see them fly. And so if you fly it once, that's okay. But if you fly it a lot of times and you enjoy it, that it's like bonus points. So he definitely earned them. So hold on, go back one more time. So if you look at the vertical stab, it looks like there's some light poking through at the front. Is that where the whole thing pivots or is that just something that looks like? Oh, no, I think that's the light reflecting off an antenna or something. Okay. Yeah, it's just optical illusion. Gotcha. All right. Now you may proceed. Thank you. Okay, a Spitfire. <laughs> I'm not sure if this was Brian Keith's clipped wing. I can't tell if that's the one. Oh, it kind of looks that way, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it may be clipped. Uh, I think his clipping was more weathered. Yeah. So, and I, oh, I no. don't think it's. It could be the same one here because I know Keith one. Clipped wing. Yeah. No, not root. this one. But anyway, no, this one went down. I meant after oh. it crashed. Yeah. <laughs> Trying Definitely to be had a clipped wing. Ah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> clipped off wing. I got it. Yeah. Uh, this, I don't remember if this was Barry's. I think it's Barry's, isn't it? Is it a, is that, is, is it a Hellcat or is it the, Wildcat? Uh, Wildcat, thank you. It's a Wildcat, yeah. So, I don't, I mean, I know Barry was flying it, but I wasn't sure if it was his, so. Just thought saying. it was his, but. Uh, I have another picture of the details on it. It's really nice. Is that one that had a Moki engine? Uh, I believe so. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So we had more jets there. Barry's beautiful Corsair. Yeah, nice, always, nice. Always like photographing that one. And uh, again, some nice stuff. And I got that one twice for some reason. <laughs> Do you? And now, is this a Legend Hobby kit? I think this is Chris's. I think it is. Know? I think it's a repainted Legend Hobbies. Okay. He yeah. flew it in the morning. It was hard to photograph it with the sun. You know, you could tell the sun's low and facing me. But mm. it sure is nice. Sure is a nice airplane. And the funny thing was, once he landed, the bomb dropped. <laughs> <laughs> I know what that is. Uh, we had, uh, I don't know if it was Civil Air Patrol, I guess, uh, was out there. So that was nice. And uh, hello, 234. I've completely lost my mind on. It's, 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 I, I know like, what that it's is. Like Chris. No, it's. Um, uh, I forgot. He's, he's, he's out of the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, uh, uh, what is his name? Grant. Gosh darn Grant. it. It's like, it took yeah. me forever. I was like, Grant Schroeder. It was good. There's like the G there. Yes. Sorry, Grant. I just yeah. brain fart. Uh, but Grant put on a great show with, <clears throat> with his aircraft. So that was nice. He had a nice afternoon demo for everyone. Yeah. Um, I didn't know about this. Uh, he, I think we were going back to the Hellcat. He said he had a dead stick. Really? Dead stick with what? Hellcat? Oh, 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 I think, I thought the Mig had a He said on the Wildcat. Oh, Wildcat. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's Grant. We got it. This <laughs> <laughs> is uh, I was going to say something. Oh, oh, yeah, this is the YB-17, which was the, I think they only built one prototype that had inline Allison engines in it for the real, for the real one as a, as a test bed in case they ran out of, I guess, Pratt Whitney engines. And that was unfortunately the one that lost. That was lost. Yeah, there's a rather dramatic crash of it that happened. Yeah, it's in the there. new opening sequence, right? Yeah, that's show. our new opening sequence. Yeah. We had, I think, a total of four B-17s go down, uh, if I am not mistaken. I know at least three, right? I know I know three, but I thought I heard four. Was so. it the fourth one? Maybe okay. the fourth one was just a rough landing, but 
Yeah, that was a very sad bummer. <laughs> yeah. This was so cool to see, too, because it's such an unusual variant. Yeah, a lot of people liked it, and, and it is said that he lost it. I mean, I have some good flight video of it, uh, you know, going around a couple times before. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, it just, I don't know if you care to, you know, give your two cents on what happened at the end. It sure like look, uh, look like an overcorrection, but. So, you know, this is, you know, what do you call it? Speaking of Packers game, Monday Thursday afternoon quarterbacking uh, it, from one of the video. Cause I have video of it too. And I kept looking at it. It's well, here, let me pop- do this real quick while we're here. I'm going to show yeah. the video and stop it at that intro. So everybody watch it one more time and we'll just see if we can make a decision. Oh, yeah. on it. See what the Hold people on. in the comments. What do you think? <laughs> there you go. So to me, it looked like it was a combination of maybe a little bit tail heavy and some over controlling on the pilot's part. I think he flimmed when he should have flammed and it got aggravated by it being a little bit on the tail heavy side. Well, I want to say as soon as he flimmed, I heard some people going, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were all four engines running at that time? Yes. He actually had a pretty good approach. And then at kind of the last second, he may have either uh, flinched the wrong way or meant to go one way and went the other way and overcorrected and pull back and it was just enough to kind of snap it into a like accelerated stall and it just went in and just obliterated it. Yeah. Cool. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And I wasn't going to correct you Fitz, but Michael did. It wasn't a YB17, it's a XB38. Oh, sorry. Sorry. But for those of you listening, picture a B17 with inline engines. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. You can there's pictures of a real one out on the web and you can see that. Yeah, like this. I think they were the same engine as P38s, right, Lee? I think. Those P1710s, yeah. I think cool. so. Yeah, I think those are P38 engines. Uh, yeah, a nice little DC3. So this is Ryan Lockhart's. He's also <laughs> he's also the owner of the B17, but he's no longer the owner of this. So when he brought it down, I was like, all right, I'm going to get some more good photos of it because we have a really nice uh, clip of it on our Instagram reels for AMA. But he sold it. And I was like, I saw it there. I took pictures. I saw him and I said, hey, where's your DC3? He goes, it's gone. I was like, oh, no. He goes, no, no. Was, this guy just took it. He's like, I got money in my pocket. And I said, I'm good to go. It's time for a new plane. It's like, dang. But it is a nice, nice DC3. He had it last year too, right? He did. Yeah. Yeah. That's our flight. Yeah. Really nice plane. We had a gaggle of cubs up there. Cubathon. Our goofy guys. I took this, of course, for Ryan. <laughs> RB25. Is that now, the one I flew? Yeah, this is the one you flew with very yeah, low was... pitch props and no power. Yeah. No, it had, it had enough power. This time. This time, yes. <laughs> so going that's the one you flew last year. Yeah, no, I don't think fly, fly is the year. word. <laughs> it was an RC car last year. It was a car, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the slowest drag car ever. So, so um, uh, this is a good story. Uh, maybe we should talk about this one. Or do you want go to go for it? Go oh, later. yeah, I guess. No. Okay, so this is a gentleman. I'm sorry if he's listening. I'm sorry, I forgot forgot his name. Uh, real cool guy. He he had come up last at last year's bomber. He had talked to Mike Liable, and Mike Liable said talk to me because it was electric, and he didn't feel, feel comfortable. This guy had built this. This is a Legend Hobby B25 uh, electric, and he said, "Hey, would you be interested in test flying this for me? I just finished it, and." Um, I want somebody who's uh, he didn't feel comfortable flying and said, Hey, would you mind, you know, giving it a hop? And so, okay, so I, I checked it over and I found a problem in the tail elevator section. I said, You know, you can't fly like this, you got a serious problem in the tail. And so, I think it was maybe been a Friday, and he came back on a Saturday and said, Okay, I fixed the problem with the tail, we should be good to go. 
And then we run it up, and it's like, you know, this does not feel like it has all that much power, considering the size. It's a fairly heavy plane. Actually, it's a quite heavy plane. And it's like, I don't know. I, we can try, but it just does not feel like it has enough power. Uh, and so that's what we were alluding to. We ran it down the runway, and it just did not It did not have enough power. It just was an RC car. And I was like, I'm not going to try to force this thing into the air. It did not feel right at all. So I, so I said, hey, we need you need to put uh, some power meters on it. So let me know what, how much power is drawing. Maybe it's underpropped, underbatteried, or something. And, and so we had a back and forth. And so this year he comes back, and it's gone from, I think, a 6-cell to an 8-cell setup for each motor. Hmm. And I think he changed the props. And so, okay, I said, hey, that sounds much better. So we run it up, and I get almost the full throttle, and one of the props goes flying off oh, man. <laughs> across the um, uh, um, the pits. <laughs> <I was like, laughs> um, so we found all the pieces, put it back together, and ran it up, and it, it sounded much, much more powerful. I mean, it was screaming. Uh, so, and so, okay, okay, I think we can fly this. So we double check the controls. Double, I asked him to double check the CG. He said, yeah, check the CG. It's right here. And so we were setting it up and getting ready. And another guy comes up and goes, hey, I've got one of those. Um, don't trust the CG that they tell you. <laughs> <laughs> he said, if you use their CG, it's extremely nose heavy. I said, really? He said, yes, trust me. I have the same one. And, and I, I kind of knew the guy. I forgot his name too. But um, so I said, okay. So the other guy said, oh, well, I'll take out some of the weight. He had actually had a bunch of weight just in front of the turret, the top turret inside. And so he ends up taking about two pounds of weight out of the oh my gosh. To get There's the moment arm there. Yeah. Um, so just to, to um, get it to where he said it should be. And I said, okay. So we took all that weight out. We kind of checked the CG, and it, it still seemed reasonable where it was. It, it seemed like it was like thirty percent meat mac or something like that. Mm. Uh, I said, "Okay, well, you know, here goes nothing." So I dropped partial flaps and did a takeoff run, and the thing was up in a surprising amount of time. It actually kind of leaped off the ground at some point. Uh, I needed a little bit of elevator trim, and that was about it. And I flew it around several laps. It was actually flying really quite well. Um, now, like Lee said, it doesn't have a whole lot. Of, the props are not a whole lot of pitch. I think they're eight inch pitch, and so you needed at least half throttle to keep it in the air. Maybe two thirds was where my comfortable spot was. Hmm. So I only flew around for a couple of minutes and then landed it to make sure I wasn't to come out with no battery. And um, and it flies good, but you can tell it's a little on the heavy side. So you know when it come, I came in a little on the fast side. Did a, been a real nice landing. Landed out a little long, but uh, came down to one piece. It's really actually a really nice handling plane. And we did the battery, checked the battery, and it was still at like 60% uh, state of charge. So mm. it doesn't use a whole lot of power. So I told the guy, I said, hey, it's a nice flying machine. Just, you know, keep it around two-thirds power or so um, and make your first landings a little bit on the hot side. But otherwise, it's a nice flying plane. So uh, so we got a successful maiden on it. Uh, no no uh, drama other than Getting the weight. I can only imagine what it would try to fly with all that weight in it. I couldn't believe yeah. that. So how much weight did he take out? I think it took out about a couple pounds. Really? He took was a whole still... bunch of lead weight out of it. Was there still more in that position? No, he pretty much took all of it out. Okay. And we moved the batteries back a little bit as far as we could. Hmm. All right. He may have had some weight in some other area, but he didn't take it out. Uh, but the CG felt pretty good when I flew it. So I don't know if all I right. really take any more out. I didn't, I didn't tell him to take anything out. I said, just, um, uh, Lee apparently flies at your club. 
Oh, do they? Sage Flow Northwest RC. Really? Yeah. I, I never met the guy. I mean, you the plane was just sitting there. So I, I flies very much. Uh, he had a mosquito too that he was going to fly as well, but um, what was it? Um, oh, so the bad weather. It was on Saturday, and the bad weather was coming in, and so he decided not to fly it because he, he he was another maiden, and he couldn't do it till after three. I think the club rules right. or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and so the, the bad the, the ceremonies were going to happen, and the bad weather was coming in. So he said, "Oh, we'll just do it next year or something like that." So it was a pretty neat little mosquito. Um, I think the same power setup. Gotcha. Anyways, that's my story. Just, I have video of that too. Thank, thank you, Mike uh, Rosnick, for videotaping my flight with it. You did a good job, actually. You were worried about it, just fine. And thanks to the uh, person who gave you the CG information. Yeah, yeah thanks to him uh, too. Um, he's yeah. I, I forgot his name, but I met him last year. He's one of the um, Legend Hobby team pilots. He lives in Florida. Uh, he was mm-hmm. here for the event, and so he was the one flying the electric P seventeen too as well. Mm-hmm. That was Slipping around. Oh, cool. So, yeah, he's a cool guy. Ah, D7. Yeah, I like that color scheme. Yeah, there's the detail on the Wildcat. Yeah, look at the rivets and stuff. Yeah. Pretty. <clears throat> I think this is Jim's. Oh, yeah, it's got the pop-up. Medical cub. Yeah. yeah. Now, my question for this was, if they actually had this, wouldn't that put the plane very tail-heavy if you put the passenger or Yeah, but don't cubs normally sit in the back seat. When you're single, if you're solo, yeah. yeah. But this is a super cub, so I don't know if that yeah, makes any difference. Maybe the pilot sits in front; it's not so bad. Yeah, but yeah, maybe. good point though. I was thinking the same thing. It's like, man, that looks—I don't know. Huh. Sorry, Michael, <laughs> I didn't get a full size shot of you, <laughs> but I did get the detail. So the there gutter. you go. <laughs> it sure was nice. And I, this is the—we lost this one. This was the uh, guys from Mexico? Yeah, David's. Yeah. Oh, the B-17. Yeah. yeah. This one progressively started losing engines. <laughs> yeah. He made a pass and then all hell broke loose. Yeah. <laughs> and it met its demise, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. He did a good... She tried to save it. He did pretty good for a while, but ultimately he went in. Yeah, Marcel, I think this is your Corsair. I'm not sure, but that was pretty. Yeah, with the folding wings. Yeah. And that's it. Oh, is it? Okay. I mean, there's more, way more photos yes. in the blog. I, I did share the blog post or link in chat, so you guys can check there to see more. And if you have any comments, if you were there and want to share anything that you like that we didn't touch upon, please do so. They had the, they had a neat deal three three seven push pull German plane. I was going to see that fly. <laughs> Go ahead and tell them what's wrong with it. So I actually talked to him about that because I was looking at it. And said, you know. Your rear propeller's on backwards. I, you know, I didn't want to yell it. I said, "Hey, is that on purpose?" <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> and it turns out he, yeah, he did it on purpose. It was uh, what was the reason he did? he had a good reason for doing that. Uh, I'm trying to remember why. I can't remember if it was because he couldn't get the spinner or oh, oh, it was he needed the the propeller to turn in the opposite direction, and I guess he couldn't find a pusher at the time. Uh, in the right size, he so says he had them both. He had him. He had them both spinning at the same direction at, before. And it was real hard to control, so he needed the rear one spinning in a different direction. And I guess he wasn't able to get a pusher in the size he needed, so he just took one and just reversed it. It flew well enough. I just thought it was odd. It doesn't make any sense. The blows uh, are in the same direction, whether it's correct or backward. Well, the torque, right? No, the 
Two motors no, that, pointing in that, the same direction? No, that part makes sense if you want to have oh. counter-rotating engines, but you can't just flip a pop around. The The air is going to blow the same direction either way. Well, air blows the direction, but the, the trailing edge is the leading edge on the rear prop. The prop itself was backwards. It was yeah. spinning in the right direction to blow air back, but the it was not, instead of using a pusher prop, he was using a tractor prop in the rear so that the sharp leading edge of the prop was, was the... The trailing edge was not a leading edge. That it was not a leading edge, yeah. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But okay. there was a problem. <laughs> it's not <laughs> making sense to me. But, so, and maybe we're just talking circles around each other. But if you flip a propeller around and spin it in the same direction, it's still going to blow air in the same way, just less efficiently. It doesn't reverse the direction that it blows. Oh, uh, that's a good point. I see what you're saying. He said he had a good reason, and that's yeah. my story. Okay. Uh, I, he knows wrong. it's backwards, and <laughs> I will leave it at that. <laughs> he had his reasons. But yeah, that's I see the, your point. Yes. Um, now, I think there was a thing some free flight guys back in the day would put their propellers on backwards intentionally to get less climb. I guess they could run higher RPMs but not zoom out of sight. I might be making that up, but I feel like there are legitimate reasons to – well, there's George's Dude. answer. Yeah, the aerodynamics were all wrong, and that's why I was told. I was like, man, why are you doing this? And he said he had a reason, and I just left it. At, I didn't want to argue with him or anything. <laughs> he said, okay, whatever. My well, reason is knew. piss off. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure he knew, and he knew, and I left it at that. He's got his yeah. reasons. He walked away. He's like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, you know, it's his plane. He flew yeah. it, and it flew okay, so it's not like it was slogging through the air, but you could tell it sounded a little off. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mike just mentioned the Strega. That was a inline, was it three cylinder, two hundred something cc. It wow. had a really, really cool sound. Yeah, it was a P fifty one racer, and, and it had a first... really, really cool flight trying to land. Yes, yeah, the storm yeah. yeah. <laughs> the storm was real windy and stuff. It's a big plane. I guess he had some, you know, kept trying to. And the engine wasn't exactly in tune either. I had talked to him and says, you know, it sounds really rich on the low end. He goes, yeah, it's the engine is real meticulous. I had to break it in. And so it's running on a rich side purposely just because it takes a while to break in and reset the valves and stuff. So anyways, so, but, uh, you know, a typical bomber event, lots of cool stuff, lots of interesting aircraft, lots of unusual. Um, did you, Lee, did you see the B2 fly? I saw it sitting on the, the pits, but I never saw it fly. Uh, was that the Carf B2, you think? Uh, it might have been. The big twin turbine. Mm -hmm. It was giant. Yeah, I didn't so, see it fly. Uh, There's quite a few planes I think I saw that didn't fly for some reason or another. Huh. Uh, but How was the no, weather? Uh, okay. Friday, was, Friday was good. It wasn't It wasn't too terribly hot. I mean, it was kind of sunny, but uh, Saturday, just the storm was coming. Randy Larson was on the mic going, okay, guys, just make sure you're checking your weather mask. Make sure you understand what's coming. And I, like, hightailed it out before it ended. I was like, oh, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> You'll have a good show. <laughs> was Mike McCormick there with his P-38 or Mosquito? <laughs> No? <laughs> yeah. uh, he, I he think don't. he brought the P thirty eight. It was in his trailer, but he was working. He was like doing the best volunteer work ever. So thanks, Mike, for all your hard work. But he lost his mosquito. Oh no! And the story, and Fitz and I were listening to the story, and we were just like, no, no, no. He was flying at an event. He asked someone who he thought was, I what did he say? He thought was a pilot. You know, was educated. <laughs> he said, "Hey, uh, could you add some trim?" And Mike goes, the next thing I know, I hear, 
<laughs> and the guy had given him full trim one direction and he couldn't recover. The plane oh, just geez. got out of control. And I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, I'm usually like, dude, dude, is that okay? Yeah. Okay, dude, dude, is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Two this three, guy just it. held it down. This guy goes. <laughs> he was like, a, he was fighting it until he realized the guy had shoved all full trim in. Oh, and he lost it. So, very sad. Hmm. But that's okay because he's got the fixings to make another one. Yeah, he made molds and stuff of it and stuff. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you boys had fun. Hey, uh, Fitz, I was going to ask you because uh, I guess Barry was too busy, but wasn't Barry working on a super large B-17? Yeah, like, he was. It's what not, happened? It's not done. He's still working on it. Right. <laughs> oh, that's the one you were 3D printing parts for? Yeah. Yeah, I 3D printed a bunch of parts for him for it and stuff. But yeah, he's still working on it. I still got some stuff I need to do. He wanted some ball turret things, and I haven't gotten gotten around to fixing ball turret interior parts. It's kind of it was actually kind of hard to find good photos of the ball turret interior. Believe it or not, it's like you know, I saw they use the same kind of the fifty caliber machine on the Brownings, I think, but some of the other bits and stuff was real hard to find good photos uh, to model or something like that. So. Well, if Adam Drain's still on here, they've got a ball turret in the museum there. Oh, really? <laughs> well, Adam, we got to talk. <laughs> um, so, uh, Lee, Lee didn't mention it, but they were selling some used aircraft there in the hangar. Oh, I, yeah. Well, that's your story because I didn't. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so there was a, some, a bunch of neat stuff, but there's a few things that I, I couldn't uh, – couldn't pass up because I got them for a ridiculously cheap price. Well, let's let's start by saying uh, these were donated by Wally Warren. Yes. So oh, Wally nice. or, or, or Flying Pal Wally Warren has moved out of town. He's no longer in the Houston area. He's decided to take uh, take a job uh, beating sense into kids in another state. <laughs> he's uh, he's now Professor Wally Warren or something like that. So uh, and so he left behind a whole bunch of stuff. It's some really neat stuff. And you they had a, they had a silent auction for. Some of his stuff, and then they had a bunch. A of, not so silent auction. Not so silent. Very <laughs> yeah. open silent auction. Yeah, it's a uh, weird. Okay. Yeah, silent but deadly auction. Yeah, something like that. Uh, for like <laughs> the you think that's the price auction, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, he had a bunch of old electric stuff. Uh, most of it was seen have seen much better days. But uh, you know, I was poking around, and it's like, oh, I wonder what you know. Maybe I'll just throw some real just just play money on it. Just something really nominal and it turns out that was enough to buy some stuff so i ended up with um uh a t33 t33 it was a big one i thought it was the hsd t33 but it's not it's a little bit smaller but it's still it's a 90 millimeter t33 so it's no nothing to sneeze at it needs uh, some work it looks like it's got most of the pieces the nose is damaged the landing gear is kind of ripped out so it needs a whole lot of work but i paid almost nothing for it so it's worth it just for the speed controller. For if I paid the money I paid for it just for the speed controller, that was still was a good deal. And oh. I still got the motor, retracts, and, and fan, and everything else. So nice. Uh, I also got the um, uh, F one hundred from Flex Innovation. I believe. Yes. For also for a really really good price. Uh, another club member has one of those, and it seems to fly really nice. And it's a yeah. I'm surprised there wasn't more competition to get that one. Yeah, really. It was just sitting up there and nobody seemed interested. And it's like, hey, that's a, that's a, well, I want to grab that. Uh, I might actually bring it to best, actually, see if I can get it 
up and running. All right. Uh, and there's one other thing I got. You did, you haven't seen this, Lee, but I have it right here because I took it before you saw me put it in the car. No, because I yeah, because I have it. So now I am a member of the club. Ah, oh. Kyosho T33. T33. Now, yeah. If I had known that was up there, I would have bought it because he's got the uh, was it Doc something or. Oh, the, Dr. Matt Yes, he's got the crazy motor in it. Yes. Yes, he's got the crazy uh, fan upgrade in that sucker. <laughs> you, yeah. It was under a blanket or something. Is that what you did? <laughs> Hit it, it behind actually, the jackets? <laughs> close. It was actually buried. It was like, there was like another plane on top of it. And it was like in the back. And I almost missed it. I was like, wait a minute. It's Dang. D33 back there. And indeed it was. So, hmm. who you guys come You guys both have. I don't have one. Yeah. You guys are the cool kids. So now I can join the club. <laughs> I, well, I kind of don't have one now that I've ripped the ESC out, but okay. Oh, what did you? Oh, oh that's yeah. right, because it kept shutting down on you. Right. Yeah. Though, uh, I don't know when he, what if anything works on it, what kind of condition it's in. Uh, I think it's got a controller. Well, anyways, but hey, now I got a T33, so. How many cells does it take? Oh, yeah. you mean how many cells will it take? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a qu- This is a, a test, mind you. R&D. <laughs> All right, congratulations. So I've got three of them, but none of them are currently assembled and ready to fly. So I have two. I'll have to fix that. Yeah. So what's the status <laughs> of your two? One's built, needs an ESC. The other one's in a box, new inbox. Okay, cool. All right. So you don't have an ESC for it? Not yet. What do you need? I don't know, 60. All I need all the amps. Yeah. 120. <laughs> all right. Well, talk to me. I might have I'll something take, you can we'll, use. We'll take it offline. We don't need to bore yeah. everybody here. Well, that's what I mean. Okay. Have your people call my people. I will do that. All right. Are we ready to move on? Yeah, uh, sure. Yep. Okay. So I think it's my turn now. Is it my turn now? Yes, it's your turn now. All right. I don't have any photos. I don't have any videos. Um, but I went to an event last weekend, and this is an event that I went to last year as well. It's called the Flying Circus. And I've been saying it's in Beloit, Wisconsin, but I think it's just near Beloit. It's actually in, let's see if I get this right, Turtle Township. So did you just say you didn't have any photos? That's right. Not even cell phone photos? Well, yeah, okay, I have those. But Hold, your, very- hold your cell phone up to the screen. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no? right. but- That's why I'm putting you in the hot seat by keeping your screen- face big, so you're in the right. window of shame. No, that's okay. Um, Photos didn't happen. I did post a couple of photos at the event of one specific airplane, and we can talk about that in a few minutes. Um, But this is the Rock River Aeromodelers Society Club. Sorry, they'll they'll hate me for this. John, if you're still on, please tell me what the name of the club is. Uh, But this is the home club and home field for our buddy Phil Hinkle. Um, so he invited me down there last year. I had a lot of fun. So I came back this year and it's a generic fun fly event. Run what you bring. Most people bring electric stuff, but there's gassers there, all different styles. Um, everybody kind of mingles together. Uh, Rock River Air Modelers Society. Rams. Thank you, John. Um, so I went on Saturday. I, I believe it was on Friday and Saturday. And unfortunately, there was a pretty stiff crosswind, um, 90 degrees to the runway and coming from behind the pilots. So my dumb brain, I took stuff 
that wasn't really compatible with crosswinds. Uh, one of the planes I took was an airplane that I actually bought there last year from their swap meet. And that was my second Leisure Electronics Amptique. And this one, when I bought it, had a geared Astroflight in it. So just a couple of weeks ago, I got that ready to go and I test flew it uh, before the event last week and it flew great. So I took it there, uh, but then I didn't fly it just because it wasn't going to handle the crosswind well. Um, but I did fly uh, my C-47 and Waco tow rig, which I hadn't flown in a couple of years, certainly not since I've been to Wisconsin. Um, so I had to do some tweaking on that because the last outing with that did not go well. I'm still not, still not sure why, but I did some moving around of parts because I had two Waco gliders. Um, so I just mixed and matched parts, got that going again. Again, we test flew it here and everything went great. So when we get to the, when I get to the event in uh, Total Township, um, John, who's on here, John sees he flew the glider and I flew the tow plane. And originally Phil was going to fly the glider. This would have been his first Aero 2 event. But then we decided that because of the crosswind and because there was a pretty good crowd there, we would wait till there was uh, better conditions to get Phil on the sticks. So John and I did that and the tow went great. And that was one of two flights I did that day. Um, what was the other flight I did? Oh, I also took my Goldberg Eagle 2, which has an Astroflight 25 on it with a five-cell LiPo. Um, again, it's a trainer plane with dihedral, so probably not the best thing for crosswinds. I flew it, and it flew fine, and then I made it a horrible, horrible landing, an embarrassing rookie landing. Ended up breaking the prop. Um, wah, but, wah, wah. Yeah. It happens, but um, I'm glad a lot of other people flew like throughout the day. There was never a shortage of people flying. They had a couple gaggles of the big T-28s, and they flew. Like It's funny to watch them just crab down the runway, and it's slow speed. And, you know. um, and they flew in formation. A lot of neat stuff going on, some good 3D displays, some EDFs, just kind of a little bit of everything. And most people dealt with the crosswind much better than I did. So that was good to see. Um, anyway, I had a lot of fun. I spent most of the day just watching other people fly. And I did take a few pictures. Um, they had a great raffle there. They also had a really good swap meet. I mentioned there was a swap meet last year. There was the same swap meet this year, but bigger. So one of the first things I saw was this. It'll make you bigger. Okay. That, go. for those who don't know, that's an old uh, Cox Lazy Bee with an 049 on the front. The 049 is not frozen solid, but it's pretty gummed up. But that's okay because when I get it flying, I'm going to use electric anyway. I'll probably get one of those motor mounts that looks like an 049 and put a little brushless on there. Um, the foam is in really good shape. I'm sure it's a late 80s, early 90s model, but everything seems to be in good shape. The servos are ripped out, but that's fine. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've been wanting one for a while and I ran across this one, um, really great price on it. So I bought it right away. No questions asked. Come to find out after that, the person I bought that from is the same person I bought the Amptique from last year. So his name is Dave. And again, John, I'll ask for your help. I don't remember David's last name, but, um, 
he uh, seemed to appreciate that I'm into the older electric stuff because he was happy that I brought the amp teat back and had it in flying condition. He was happy that I bought the lazy bee and we'll get it flying. And he also, when I talked to him about the lazy bee, he's like, Oh, did you see my box of Astro motors over there? No, I did not see that. So I went back over and kind of hidden off to the side was a bucket of happiness. And I'll show you because obviously I brought it home with me. You see in here, there were eight Astroflight motors in there. There was a 35, all of them were geared, a 35, a 15, a 25. I think there's a 40 in here as well. It's the stickers off of it. It's the same diameter as a 40, but a little bit longer. Um, and then oh, all the rest were 05s. Everything's in great shape. They all spin well. Um, I'm not going to say what I paid for it, but I got a darn good deal. And again, I think he took uh, some pity on me because he feels like I'll, I appreciate them and I'll take care of them. So um, I kept a few uh, American made motors out of the, the trash heap and he got a few bucks in his pocket. So I think it's a win-win deal. I'm very happy about it. Um, and of course he's walking away going, I got rid of that stuff. Right. <laughs> that sucker, sucker bought it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> you got anything else to sell? <laughs> So um, yeah, anyway, I had a good time. It's about a three-hour one-way trip for me, um, but it's a nice drive through the countryside. The field there is really great. It's on an old landfill. And from talking to various people in the club, it sounds like they have a really great relationship with the, the city management and it's good back and forth between them. And the field has actually improved over last year. They had installed power and they installed some new pilot stations and other stuff. Um, anyway, a great place to fly, and everybody there was super friendly. And Lee, you'll be happy to know that um, I'm happy. But I'm going to make you happier. I'm happy. So, <laughs> when I was at the swap meet, um, I ran into a couple guys, and they happened to recognize me from the video I did on the E-Flight Steerman when I did the review on it a couple years ago. And they had watched that because uh, at least one of them had the Steerman. And so we talked about that for a minute, and then they got into how much they appreciate the AMA and what the AMA is doing with all the free stuff and pushing back on the red and all of that. So I know in your day job, you get a lot of grief and a lot of headaches for going through all that stuff, but there's at least two people in turtle township, Wisconsin, who really appreciate what you're going through and what you're doing for, for the rest of us. So I told them I would pass the word along. I'll, so, I'll tell you most of the people I talk to, are not angry at us you know we get the, the we get the other folks who probably aren't even ama members just because saying well you guys set up the free so you know y'all could make money and you know you guys push the remote id it's like you have no idea what you're talking about it's like yeah. this is far from what we wanted to do so i'm just ignoring you right now but again we typically work very well with the uh, primary point of contacts and our issue is just i get frustrated every time i see a denial letter especially for a club that just certainly doesn't deserve it. So I just, I feel bad when I have to email someone back and say, all right, we got to send another application. So I, yeah. I actually need to give kudos out to those people who are volunteering to be primary point of contacts, to be patient and, you know, understand what we're going through as well. So, yeah. Well, regardless, you probably don't get thanked enough. So there's a couple more for you. Put it in your, your happy bag. And I'll also bring up, um, right before I left home, left to come home, I was talking to John and he was 
explaining a lot of the Warbirds and Classic events, which many of them are in the Midwest and not too far from where I live. So I've been interested in doing that. I mentioned the event in Fond du Lac that I went to a few weeks ago. That's just one of them that's uh, in this area. So he really got me jazzed about getting something ready to fly so I can go to some of those events next year. It's a big bird event um, for warbirds. And I'm not sure what the specific definition of classic is, but you, you know, I think it's fifties or earlier civilian would apply. Um, I've been wanting to build my SR batteries, Eindecker, which is a hundred inch. So I think I can get that done and have that ready, but I also want to maybe build something else to take. So I've been tossing around ideas for that. I'm not going to throw out anything now because I don't want to be uh, committed to it just yet, but I think I'm going to be busy this winter. I hope to be busy this winter building stuff for that. How's that electricity coming? <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> it's just saying, yeah, it's, um, I need to finish it. That's, I did tell myself I'm going to finish that before I start any new project. But what I've been doing recently is tidying up a lot of older lingering projects. Um, so I've been successful at that with like the Waco and getting the C-47 back in place and getting that antique going. So a lot of things and invariably I think, all right, give me a couple hours. I'll turn the screws on this. and will be ready to go. It always turns into something bigger, uh, but I've gone through quite a few airplanes recently getting them ready to fly and, back in the air. So I'm happy with that. The electric streak is on the list. It'll get done. Um, should I give you a time? Should I put myself on a schedule to make sure it gets done? No, screw you guys. I'll yeah. do it when it's done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm going to finish the electric streak. And then I've got a couple ideas that are on the back burner that I want to get done for some of these Warbirds and Classics events next year. And you know, John just put the Warbirds and Classics Alliance name up there. That's, I guess, the bigger um, special interest group. Um, I don't know if it qualifies as a SIG for the AMA, but there's a website, Warbirds, and if you Google Warbirds and Classics Alliance, you'll see it. And also, there's the qualifications are 80-inch wingspan for a monoplane, 60-inch wingspan for a biplane. And I think we've talked about this before. For EDF or turbine, it's combined length and wingspan of 140 inches or more. Hmm. So that's also something that's just kind of tumbling around in my brain, mulling the possibilities. So, um, yeah, we'll see what comes out of my shop. Maybe nothing, but I really have to at least get the Eindecker done and something else that would be cool to take around. So that's that. Any questions about the event? Sounds like you had fun. I, I did. I know you're dying to... Oh, man. I checked the Packers game again. Uh, it's not looking good right now. So, well, Go Pack Go. Forget the Packers for a moment. I have something else we can Hey, talk hey, about. hey. Blaspheme. <laughs> you only just moved there, buddy. <laughs> you got to be there for a year. My allegiance <laughs> is cheap. I can vote it quickly. All right. Well, I have one more thing to share. Right. Yep. And oh wait, hold on. All right, right, we can do we can do this and then we'll come back because I mentioned the one post that I did make. So we'll come back to that post in a minute. Go ahead and talk about best. Do I have to never not, hear about that? Do I have to stop and go back? Or are you you're going backwards now? However you want to do it. All right, best is next week. That's all I wanted to say. All right. Okay. And you invite everybody to go. 
You wanted right. to say more than so that. So what did you right? want to share? <laughs> <laughs> um, the one set of photos that I did publish from the event was uh, an airplane that it was in the swap shop and it made me chuckle when I saw it. But on the wing was lettering that said unsophisticated lady. Mm-hmm. And everybody's familiar with the sophisticated lady, the the jazzed up version of the gentle lady. So this was kind of a, a take on that. And then it also had some some graphics that if you can picture the mud flaps on a semi. Well, you know, if you give me a second, <laughs> calm down. I'm trying to find it for you since you didn't have it prepared. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'll keep talking about it, though. Uh, I'm... I'm still not quite sure what kind of airplane it is. It's, I believe it's either a Dynaflight piece of cake or a butterfly, which are very similar designs. The piece of cake, I think, is 72-inch wingspan. They call it two-meter, which is usually 78, right? But when I looked it up in the tower catalog, I think it said 72. Okay, okay. I didn't have it ready, so I don't even log into this browser okay. over here. So there's the, the lettering that's on the wing. Um, I think when I measured it, the wingspan was like 76 or something that didn't match any of the specs that I found on either, either of those models. But the profile of the airplane looks like piece of cake or butterfly. So I'll you get know, to the bottom of it. You're giving technical details. This plane has nothing to do with those technical details. At That's all. right. I don't know why you even spent the time talking about what it looks like from the profile. This is just, what we wanted to see. Just to announce. All right. So <laughs> it's got these other graphics on it that imagine what might appear on the mud flaps of a, a truck or a semi or something, uh, just a, a full figured gal. And when I, <laughs> when I posted this on Facebook, I made the little joke, the airplane with daddy issues. My <laughs> wife did not appreciate that joke at all. I, think, <laughs> I, love, the, I, I love the joke that the guy said, it looks like it's tail heavy. <laughs> and that's just, that's the kind of feedback I was expecting and fishing for. So thank you to everybody that commented on that. Um, I did not get in trouble over it, but I did have to do a little smooth talking to, uh, to explain myself. So I, I brought this airplane home. This was also <laughs> one, strangely enough, it was uh I guess Dave was the current owner, the same guy with the, the Astros and the Lazy Bee and all that. Um, he just gave it to me. And uh, he and talking to other people, too, people saw me walking with it like, oh, I, I had that plane. And then a couple people have commented on Facebook. Apparently, it has been passed around the club and people <laughs> add things to it, like the graphics and the lettering, other things. Yeah. It seems to have gone through several repairs. Um, so I'm, it's it's been around. <laughs> yeah, it's appropriate. The, the uh, 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 easy, easy. <laughs> it's a family show. Um, so what's that on the nose? Looks like a hood scoop or something on. What's yeah, that's one of the modifications. It's got a giant scoop in it. The fuselage is strangely heavy. The wing seems lightly built, like you would expect. The fuselage, uh, I need to poke into it and see why it's heavy. Not just heavy, but heavy in the rear. No jokes implied or intended there. I mean, um, I, I will tell you, I had a plane that someone gave us, and it was an old cub, and inside were just these tons of mud dauber nests. I've had the and, same I thing. mean, yeah. it was wild how much weight we pulled out. Yeah, so I'll check into that. But I'll make it fly in one, one way or another. Um, and now I'll uh, add my own little uh, tweaks to it. Now I'll, I'll carry on the trend. And then before long, I'll pass it on to somebody else. But it's interesting that whoever built it originally – um, this is one of those planes that I guess the leading edge of the wing is 
piece of square balsa that gets sanded to a round profile. They didn't sand it. It's just it's just a square. And, well, you know, it's, uh, it's yeah, triangle knows? though. I mean, it's 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 the square with the edge forward though, right? No. It's not like true square. It's blunt there's forward. a blunt square edge. <laughs> Yeah, okay. okay, so Brad just brought that up as I started mm-hmm. mentioning. So, I mean, it's fine. Probably, <laughs> I can't imagine that it impacts the the flying characteristics that You mean that it fly much, fast enough? <laughs> but, but uh, yeah. Did I have a question? Two things. Uh, yeah. You can use one of those Astro flight motors on it? I might need the mass of one of those to make it balance. But, I've yeah. again, I've been tossing around some more innovative ideas to to get that going. And... I might be taking plywood overcast as inspiration for that, but we'll see. So your story reminded me one one time I was, when I was working at the hobby shop, a guy came in, he had built his first model airplane and he did a great job with it, except he didn't sand the leading edge. So they were just like you just described. There were these square block leading edges that were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he had already covered it. It was like, we felt bad. It's like, you really need, you should have sanded the leading edge. <laughs> it was like a trainer, like a <laughs> John. Like, yeah. Just drill a hole right through it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but profile planes fly. I mean, everything flies. It, it'll it'll be fine, right? Okay, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I've you guys know this. I just for a parlor trick, I had one of those old Kyosho one seventy sevens. I put the wing on backwards and flew it around. So yeah. Airplanes are very tolerant machines, at least at our scale. So, yeah. So, so George makes the point here too. There's lots of aerodynamic atrocities that, in practice, work okay. So, I think this will be one of those examples. Add more power. There you go. Nothing that a few more amps can't overcome. So, anyway, I'm excited to try it. I, that's a little bit further back on the list of things to get done this winter. But my problem is with stuff like that, that looks like a quick turnaround. I mentioned this before. I'm like, Oh, I'll just throw a motor on it, balance it out and go fly. It's just never that simple. And so I get myself caught in this handful of quick turnaround projects that take up all my time. So I need to figure out how to manage that a little better. Reminds me of a meme sign I saw. It says like, um, it was like a programmer's creed says, we do this not because it's easy, but because we thought it was easy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. That's all I have. Is that all we all have? No, I'm going to go back and do this properly. Best is next week. Next Fitz okay, and I will yeah. be there. Of course, we don't know when you guys are listening to this, but October 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, <laughs> whatever, the, whatever that weekend is, we'll be there <laughs> Thursday-ish through Sunday-ish. I uh, hope we can release this before then. This is the 20th-ish anniversary. I think we're one short because of COVID. So, but we, I mean, that, which means I'm up to speed now because I, huh? I missed the first one, I, you know, several, and Tom and I are the only ones I think have been to every one. Uh, except for the first one. And since COVID didn't count, I think this is what makes this the 20th. Hmm. So what urgent project are you cramming in before? None. I just, I told myself I wasn't going to do it. So Who I, are you as and much, what have you done with the As much as I was hoping to cram the B25 for Ryan, I just don't think I'm going to do it. And I told him flat out, I said, I just, you know, I need to get the trailer finished and repacked, you know, the stuff we wanted to get in there. Uh, but I mean, as, as far as I'm not, 
building anything new and trying to get something done. I do need to finish the landing gear on my Seagull P47. So that's mm. just hard to get to right now in my workshop. So once I have that, I've already made another list. So everything else is pretty much done except to confirm battery batteries and receivers and stuff in them. We're going to, Michael, if you're still with us, one of my tasks, if our buddy Fitz has mailed a package to me in the past 48 hours. No? Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to have your P47 done for best, the one you gave Ryan. So it has been gently sitting in my workshop, staring at me going, give me a receiver. So... I, I mailed it today, Lee. You are awesome. Did I doubt you for a second? Not at all. I knew I could count on you, Fitz. <laughs> You're the best. So, um, yeah. So I'll, I'll bring the P47 and a couple other things. I'm going to ask Austin to borrow his uh, Radian, his Night Radian, and uh, we'll have some fun. I think Fitz and I might be doing a little special something-something, right? We're so good you for that. You might want to clarify that. <laughs> no, I, I love the suspense. <laughs> there, a maid might be involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I've, Vince and I might be putting together a flight uh, package or something. So we'll uh, a we'll, flight package. Of a flight package. Yeah, a little something for the show. So we'll let okay. you know. So it looks like we're sponsors of this event. Of course we are. All right, good to know. And and Kirk Massey with New Creations, although his store is relatively done he is bringing a lot of gear with him uh leftover stuff to the show for i don't know i mean i'm assuming it's cash low cash offers and so forth i mean it, it, be nice i mean don't just ask for stuff for free but i will bring some cash with me and see if he's got some goodies and we will look for astroflight motors for you terry <laughs> Um, you know what? I might be full on those. Oh, no. I, I'm, I no, that's like saying say that. Fitz doesn't need a zero and I don't need a P38. No. For, uh, okay. for those of you coming to best, you know, bring your Astro Flight Motors with you. We'll take donations. <laughs> yeah. I have more than I ever thought I would have. Uh, I've collected quite a few over the past two years. But... Uh, so now it's time to do the, uh, the Spruce Goose. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say multi-engine. I can do a dozen spruce gooses. That's then make it so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> add add one more. <laughs> uh, a DOX. Do you know what that is? Yeah, yeah. That's ten, ten yeah. per. It's ten. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All the motors. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like George is going to be there. That's good news. So um, you guys make sure you hang out with him. Yeah, Michael will be there. And you might have already said this, but are you doing a live show? We'll see. Or, or recording something at least. I know. Um, I know we're going to be doing some food Thursday night. So Thursday, my buddy, my buddy Steve, because usually uh, I'll show up Thursday evening, afternoon, evening to set up camp and so forth. So we plan to do some cooking Thursday night. So all right, oh. cool. Be relaxed. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take it easy. You're right. I don't know who I am. I'm not rushing to build something, and I'm just going to put stuff in the car that I can fly. <laughs> and and maybe I've said this several times in the show, especially after best. But I have written notes to myself, to that Lee Ray guy on Sunday after packing and on the way home. And I basically just complain about why did I bring so much stuff? Why did I take 8, 12, 15 planes? And it was like, you've got to pack less. Bring six of your favorite airplanes and be done with it. So maybe I'll listen to myself this year <laughs> and just keep it simple. All right. Maybe well, not. I, yeah. <laughs> The one year you finally do that, you'll wish you had something. I, I'm, but you know what I'll do? I'll just turn around and drive home. <laughs> I'll just say, see you guys in the morning. I'm going to run yeah. home. <laughs> what was it you forgot last year? 
Didn't you have to do that? Oh, Austin had to bring something up for me. Oh, goodness gracious. Transmitter? Was no. It? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no, no. Uh, it, oh, it was a wing rod. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a wing rod. Because I remember exactly, I pulled them out to move the wings because they were like in the wings and I put them on the table. And I was like, I called Austin. I was like, just go to my workshop. Do you see two black rods? And he goes, like the carbon fiber ones? I said, yeah. He goes, yeah. <laughs> a couple of words said. It's <laughs> like I left them right there. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. All right. But no, well, that's all I have. All right. We're keeping up on two hours. So. Yeah. We need to call it a night because we need to let our viewers get back to what they need to do or go to bed or finish watching the game. Is it over? Um, I don't Probably not. <laughs> But thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we appreciate you very much. Thanks for tuning into Japanese Hour with Fitzwalker. Sigoy. <laughs> <laughs> it was right. awesome. And uh, let's see, what else do we want to share? Thanks, uh, Tomas, again for supporting Bomber Field. That was a great event. I've, you know, go so many times. I'd, I shared a photo, by the way, in the blog. I don't know if my buddies here have seen it, but it's a picture I took over 20 years ago with Cindy when they still had the control tower. Uh-huh. And so I, it was neat to share that with folks. I don't know mm. if everybody's had seen that before, um, but I've been going there for a long time. So looking forward to going back next year and hopefully next year I will have my P38 or P38s done. Cause I'd like to have that done. And also just for throwing it out there, I'm still looking forward to Cathlon and I might be working on a project. Still? To, I've always been thinking about getting a Decathlon because if Fitz, if you remember, there was one at, the round top expo RC expo that was in the swap meet. And I kept eyeing it. I kept going back and then someone else bought it, you know, from me. Cause I was like going to go back and pick it up. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe next year I'll have a fun plane to do some, you know, and with smoke, mind you, let's gas and smoke, make it so right. All make right. So well, good luck with that. Uh, cool, George. But as yeah. usual, best is coming. Can't wait. We'll see you guys there. Bring your electric planes. Have a lot of fun. It's good stuff. All right. I'm going to a swap meet this weekend in Oshkosh. It's on the grounds of the EAA, one of their outbuildings. Another one. So, yeah. Yeah, I went to this same one last year. I think that's where I bought my uh, Dragon Force sailboat and some other stuff. So, yeah. uh, Going up there with a group of buddies from Green Bay. We'll see what we can find. I should say I'm going down there with a group of buddies. South, yeah. Oh, good oak. Take us home, Fitz. All right. Let us let us go bed to bed. To bed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, reading the chat. <laughs> oh, he sees it in the back. Good eye, uh, Brad. <laughs> he called out the model behind me. Uh, so uh, whenever I get to it. <laughs> uh, Here's for you, Brad. Here's a, a GPO one. All right. So thanks, everybody, for watching this uh, exciting live episode of the RC Roundtable. Hopefully it was just as interesting for you as it was not for us. But <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, I think so he anyways... brought home sake with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's in one of those it's... bags. <laughs> they, they had sake flavored Kit Kats over there. My coworker bought some. <laughs> these these Kit Kats are really good. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, hey, because of Japan. All right. So, anyways, uh, we thanks for joining us, everybody. Love to see you guys in the chat. Some of our old friends. 
There you go. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, as always, um, uh, like subscribe to this channel. Check us out on our Facebook and other social media. You know, always send us a note at contact at rcroundtable.com and uh, tell us how much you love the show and uh, maybe we might uh, answer you. What? No. <laughs> yeah, they can do that. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you address it to Terry. Please. <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts before we head out of here? Uh, hope nope. you have a nice, nice weekend or a nice uh, day flying. Yeah. Yeah. Weekends come and fly like you can. And hopefully we see some of you guys at best. Until next time, take care. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com. That's where you will find all of our podcast episodes. You can also find a little bit of background information about the show host and leave comments and suggestions about the show. There are links to a few of our favorite vendors and also links to our various social media accounts. Thank you for watching and listening.